The Mind Aware, 161. We're a lot more like bamboo. We kind of you know, wave in the breeze. Feeling better is more efficient. There's nothing quite like it being a rant. What happens is vagueness stays in vagueness. Somebody must put that on the Facebook page. That needs to be a bumper sticker for sure. It's not just think happy thoughts. It's honor where you are. And you have to be prepared to realize that sometimes the wind will blow too hard and you're going to snap off, and that's okay. You don't get what you don't ask for. There's no harm in putting $5 on 23. Hello, everyone. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show, and we're so glad to have you here today. You know, I've got to tell you something. I am so excited about today's interview because, you know, you see Hollywood. You've seen Tom Cruise, right? Mission Impossible. Well, today we're going to talk about Mission Possible. We're going to talk about influence and persuasion, and we're going to talk about it with a guy who actually hangs out and knows spies and interrogators and in fact he was a former interrogator himself are you intrigued intrigued is the key word right well you just wait because today we have got dave freeze he is a communications and persuasion expert he hosts a, a program called business black ops and i just can't wait to dig into this topic with him welcome dave good to have you here Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. I've been looking forward to it. Well, I have to tell you, when I heard about your background, I was so intrigued. And just the hair on the back of my neck stood up because I thought, this guy's a real live interrogator. Can you imagine what we could learn from him? So tell us a little bit about that background. Like, Tell us a little bit about what it's like to be an interrogator and what kind of skills you have to learn. I think probably people have wild misperceptions about this. I've always looked at interrogation um, and, I, and I was trained in lots of different types of interrogation in lots of different situations with lots of different rules of engagement, which is good because it means that you're facile and you can change around how you're doing things and accomplishing things. But um, I always looked at it as the art of finding out what people needed in order to trust me, what made them willing to talk to me. Uh, I wanted to become sensitive to how and why they changed their mind and decided not to tell me the truth any longer and how we could move from there. And that led me to be a very, very, very good listener. And so uh, that served me well in law school, and it served me well as a uh, person that teaches influence and persuasion, and it really helped me to do my own marketing. I built my own firm pretty much from scratch and now have 9,000-plus files of trust estates planning clients. So wow. it's something that I've actually taken from that other world where I was learning it and applied it directly to business. So I hope I can be helpful to everybody listening in today. Well, it's so interesting because I like what you said, and I'm going to repeat it. You said it's the art of finding out what people need and to find mm -hmm. out what you can deliver so that they trust you. And I thought, man, that's so much of what we do, and what a great skill to bring to your world. So maybe we can start out by having you do a definition of influence versus persuasion. Are they the same thing? 
To me, they're not. And, and I'm sure that people can come up with other definitions than the ones I'm going to give you and other distinctions. But this one has been very, very useful to me. And literally thousands of people have told me over the years that this distinction was very useful to them in making positive changes in their life and in their market. And that distinction is this, that persuasion is where you use tools and techniques and strategies and skills, and you can definitely learn to be more persuasive, to bring people around to your way of thinking and understanding something. It, it is manipulative, though, as all human communication is. So when I use the word manipulation, you know, people react badly to that, and I do it intentionally because then we get them to talk through what we know is the elephant in the room. But if they want to be more persuasive, they're effectively saying, I want to be more manipulative. I want people to listen to me, and I want people to understand my points and maybe to look at the world in a different way. And so even if we're trying to entertain a child or get them to learn something or get people at work to do something in a particular way or to get a client or a customer to buy from us, that's that's manipulation. And so the real test for people is – you know, what's my intent behind it? Am I going to be manipulating people in a positive way with a clear intent to help them? Or am I going to do it selfishly? So persuasion is manipulation. It's pretty hard work. You can learn to be better at it and to do a better job and you can learn to make it easier. But contrast that with influence. To me, influence is when you've learned to be persuasive and you've built trust and you've consistently shown people that you understand what they want and need, you find a way to give it to them, that trust level is so high that you become influential, which is when they start to turn to you mm. for information and answers, you're no longer having to do the heavy lifting of persuading them. They're coming to you saying, I value your advice. I trust you. Here's my problem. Solve it. What's the solution? Yeah, actually, that's really an interesting push-pull. I like the dynamic you've got going there. So basically, you're saying persuasion, it's more you doing the work, doing the heavy lifting, where influence, they're coming to you. And I, I love that definition and that distinction between the two. Tell me a little bit more about influence. Let's say, so you're listening to this today with somebody, they're new in a business, they're kind of finding their voice and finding their particular thing that they're good at. What would you recommend they could do to start really developing a name and developing some influence? Sure. So influence does spring, I think, from a, a powerful combination of trust and persuasion. So the first thing you have to understand is that even persuasion is built on listening to the customer and the client. And ultimately, when you're persuasive and you really give them, when you deliver, you say, look, I've got this thing and you should have it and here's why and I know you're worried about this and here's why it's still appropriate. You better be sure that it is, by the way. When you consistently deliver on more than one occasion, and this doesn't have to be a product. It could be information. It could be answers about questions that they have. It can be a product or a series of products or services. But once you consistently have shown them that they could trust you to listen to what they have to say and to deliver a thing that's really on the money where they got more value for the time they spend or the money they spent with you than they were expecting to, the influence is going to just grow from that. So the first thing is to really hone your skill at listening to what the customer says. So asking questions, building into your system time to spend with them, where you're saying to them, what is it that's worrying you about this? And listen to how they describe it. Because a lot of times we do understand 
We understand the dilemma facing the customer or the worry or the anxiety, but we're not actually listening to the language they use to describe it. We use our language which with a higher level of expertise and a greater number of assumptions to describe it. So when you get down in the weeds with listening to what they really, really want and how they describe it, you will begin to become more persuasive and you'll begin to become more influential. And let me add one other thing. When you ask them these questions... They will often lie to you, not intentionally because they're lying to themselves, but time after time after time, the customer or the client, in my case, has come to me and said, this is what I want. And when we just go a little bit further and ask them a few more questions, we find that that's what they, the story they're telling themselves. They don't really want that. And if you think it would be helpful, I could give a concrete example. Yeah, I was going to say, give us an example. That would be great. Sure. So people come to me and we ask them, why did you come and see us? And they say, well, you're a trusted state's lawyer and I don't want my heirs to pay probate fees or uh, inheritance taxes. And that's probably true. But when we ask them when they leave the appointment, what was the thing that they most valued? They would say to us, oh, nobody ever told me that I could put my sure house into a trust so that if my daughter gets divorced after I die, she's not going to lose it to my ne'er-do-well son-in-law. <laughs> Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, but they so they really, truly were worried, most worried about something else. And they hadn't even recognized it themselves. So when I asked them the question the first time, they were lying both to themselves and to me, not with an intent, but they were really not clear. Yeah, it's almost like, Dave, like what you're saying is that most people have some underlying fear that's there that they aren't really naming. And so that's what you want to get to is how can you alleviate their fear really is what you're saying. Yes. And it takes uh, a willingness to ask them questions. And of course you could do that in a variety of ways. If you're internet based, you can use surveys. We send out questionnaires before they come to see us to ask us questions and we ask them questions there so that they're pre-programmed now to recognize this worry and they're more likely because of something called the reticular activating system. Once we've alerted them to this and they now realize it's a worry, they're more likely to see the solutions to that as we describe them to them. So we use all of those techniques, but the nub of it, the real key is to both understand that they're not going to tell you the truth the first time out of the box because one, you may not have built up the level of trust and two, they may not recognize themselves. And two, the trick is to really, I guess it's three, three, the trick is to really listen to what they say. So lawyers, in my world, again, an example would be lots of lawyers write about Medicaid trusts and avoiding Medicaid spend down. Nobody knows what that means. But if I say to them, are you worried about spending all of your money on a nursing home so that your wife or your kids are left without an inheritance. Then they know exactly what I'm talking about because that's how they describe it to themselves. Very interesting. I love it. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show having a really interesting conversation with Dave Fries. And I want to give you an Earl for his upcoming event. Think of this like business black ops. Like think about going and being able to talk to people who are you know, working with the Navy SEALs or who have been spies or interrogators and what can they teach you about what they've learned about influence and discipline and being able to persuade people and all of those kind of almost, I guess what you'd call them is mindset shifts that take place when you're part of organizations that operate at that level. So here's the Earl that I want to give you. It's three days to success and that's the number three days with an S. Three days to success because guess what? That's exactly what it is. You've got three days. 
You're in a room, you're hanging out with these awesome people and really learning the best that you need to know, the real business black ops. This is the secret ninja stuff that's coming around that you can check out right here with Dave Freeze. We're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I want to talk a little bit about that event, and I want to give you a few more tips on how you can start to use this in your business right now. Be right back. Do you ever wish you had someone you could call for advice about your business? Maybe you want someone to look over your marketing strategy or evaluate your Facebook page. If so, then Buy Your Side from the Mind Aware is for you. Learn more at joinbyyourside.com. Buy Your Side is a program where you have access to the best experts in the area of direct sales, marketing, leadership, social media, and more. That's joinbyyourside.com. And we didn't leave out mindset or your personal goals either. By Your Side has happiness, nutrition, fitness, and tapping experts, too. It's your one stop for the best advice for the best you. Check out joinbyyourside.com and have the best coaches by your side. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show having a great conversation with Dave Freeze. He's a communications and persuasions expert because you know what? He's lived it. He actually used to be an interrogator. Like he's always was a civilian, but he worked with these companies who subcontracted for interrogation. And so he learned a lot of things that he was therefore able to transfer to business. And he's been giving us so much interesting information already about really getting to that underlying fear that people have because then you can speak their language. The key thing that he said is you want to be talking to the people that you're serving in the language that they use, not in your language. We get so used to talking the way we talk. We want to talk from their heart and soul and and what they're actually living and experiencing, right? So, Dave, could you tell me a little bit, first of all, about why you think this business black ops technique uh, that three days to success.com is such a different way to look at business? Sure. We call the techniques and the strategies force multipliers. So in the military, a force multiplier is something like a technology, for example, such as uh, night vision. So if you equip a soldier uh, with night vision, it gives them a five to one advantage. So uh, if they're up against somebody with the same level of training, but that they could, because they can fight at night, if they choose the nighttime battlefield, this is going to give them a major advantage over an enemy that doesn't have night vision. So it's a force multiplier. And force multipliers sort of stack on and synergize one another. So if you give night vision to a carefully selected special forces operator, like a, a SEAL, Navy SEAL, or an Army Ranger, who has been very meticulously selected and then very carefully trained, um, that's going to make that night vision even more powerful. So both the selection process, the training process, and the night vision are three force multipliers that all collectively make that one person way, way more powerful. So in three days to success, what we do is we get experts who have served in the military or in clandestine service or run a counterinsurgency op or they worked in the Pentagon or they were an interrogator. They have some specialized knowledge, and they're going to say, here are the force multipliers we learned. Here's how, like this year, Jocko Willink, who wrote uh, Extreme Ownership, is going to teach this. Here's what I learned in the SEAL teams. Here's how we kill bad guys with these things. 
And here's how and why they apply in real life and in personal relationships and in business. And I could give you a quick example of my own of a force multiplier that your audience could use right away if oh, you please. want me to. Yes, absolutely. So um, I teach uh, something called the six word question. And uh, here's what happens is, Dana, do you have children? I don't know. I should know. No, I don't. I don't have kids. You don't, but But you've seen them. Yes, I'm a devoted auntie, too. That's okay. So you know exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about here. So when when devoted aunties or parents or the the uncle, I was just handing out $20 bills the other day. So I like also, in addition (laughs) to my influence skills, use cash as a way of staying in the good graces of the nieces and nephews. (laughs) But when when a parent says to a child, do this, and it's something like take a music lesson or go outside and play or learn this skill, something that would be really good for the kid, and they say no, typically because they're afraid. A devoted parent usually says, if the kid says no or I can't, a devoted parent will say yes, do it, or yes, you can. You know, they're being encouraging. But what the interrogator knows, for example, or what an expert negotiator knows is that we just blew the whole operation. We started our negotiation from a point of severe disagreement. You asked them to do something. They said no. You just disagreed with them. You said, yes, you can. All they do is they go inside and they come up with all the reasons they're right and you're wrong. So we blew it. So there's a little trick that you could use. So, for example, if I ask a child to do something and they say, no, I can't, I look around and I say, where's your mom? Because if you say, where's your mom to a kid, they are going to know that what's coming next is awesome. So they will lean in and listen very carefully. Now, at work, that might be weird. I might just lean in and and whisper to get their attention. It's called the Zardynic effect. You're doing something that makes them extremely interested in what's going to come next. So they've automatically released all the neurotransmitters into their body to pay close attention. They want to know what's coming. So rather than say, yes, you can, I say... I'm just curious or I'm wondering because that language pattern means you're not judging. You're just curious. Nothing to worry about here. So I say, I'm just curious. I'm wondering. And then here comes the magic. I say, I know you feel like you can't yet. So I just agreed with them. Apparently, they said they couldn't. I said, I know you feel like you can't, much less permanent, by the way. And then I tagged it with yet, which is a presupposition. It presupposes that they will be able to do this thing at some point in the future. So I just said, I know you feel like you can't yet. They must, in order to understand my language, imagine the possibility that they could do it. It's just Mm -hmm. inherent. Mm -hmm. And then I look around and I do the six-word question. I just say, what would happen if you did or what would happen if you could? And if you just Google Dave Freeze and the six-word question, you can see and hear all of these language patterns I'm giving you. You can watch them because it is magic because we apparently agreed with them. We moved them from I can't to I feel like they can't. We said yet, so they must imagine themselves being able to do it. And then I said, what would happen if you did or could? They will now imagine themselves having that capability. So, you know, not everybody goes, well, I guess I'd be able to, but this is a very powerful way of treating the refusal that gets you very, very different results. So here we are taking something we learned in one setting and applying it in business in our personal lives where it is a major force multiplier. Yeah. Knowing how to get past a refusal is very, very powerful. 
Yeah, I really love it. And that terminology, force multiplier, is so good. And it's almost like when you're leaning in or, you know, the where's your mom thing, even if it's leaning in, the kind of like, Mm -hmm. hey, I want to tell you something that's secret, you're really helping people to feel like they're part of your trusted tribe as well, like being able to really be inclusive. And that's one of the things we try to do here, I know, at the Mind Aware, too, is we're continually trying to, to create a bigger and bigger community and have people feel more like they're heard. One thing I want to go back to, and I definitely hope everybody was able to, I wrote so many notes here, but I hope you're all able to get that. What would happen if you could or what would happen, right? Get them thinking, putting themselves in. I know you feel like you can't yet. That's the key starter. I know you feel like you can't yet, but what would happen if you could? I mean, think about even when you hear that right now as you're listening. Doesn't your mind start to imagine the possibilities, and doesn't it put you in the right kind of frame of mind for really being a possibility thinker? And that's where you want your clients. That's where you want them to be. Dave, this is so good, and I know that I've I've kept you so long, but I want to come back and ask you one more thing about influence, because I think you're giving us so many powerful things. One of the the pieces that you said is people often have an underlying fear that's going through their mind. It's the thing that's really bothering them, even though the surface thing they're talking about isn't coming up. Do you think understanding that underlying fear is just something that you get better at over time? Or is there some way that you can get them to be more forthcoming with what it is? Sure. So I, I think both, but but uh, for this reason. So if we pay attention to how we communicate with people and how they react, and a lot of people don't, so they don't get better at this, um, you will notice that uh, people do do this to themselves and to you. They say they want something, and when you probe a little bit deeper, you find out that it was something different. And, and you get to realize, see, so I did, I learned this when I was doing hypnotic pain relief. And people would come in and they would say, this is what I want. And I would just ask them a few more questions and you'd find out that they didn't want that at all. And they were afraid that if they if they actually stopped having back pain, that they would have to do the dishes every night. There was all this secondary gain. you know. So it was very complicated, but we're all like this. And so what's interesting is if you spot it in yourself and you start to spot it in other people, you become aware of it. But there's definitely a tool I could I do teach. I model it at these programs. So we'll ask people. Um, we're going to do it. We tell them to activate the reticular activating system. So there's this whole system built into our brains that helps to take things from our unconscious awareness and put them in our conscious awareness. And in modern times, this is built into us through evolution, but in modern times, you'd feel it when you made a decision to buy something. You thought it was really cool and unique. And then the next day you saw it everywhere. It could be a car. It could be a blouse, a tie, a suit, whatever. And what's happening is your brain now knows that it's important to you because you forked over dollars. So the reticular activating system says, well, if it's important to you, I'm going to show it to you everywhere. It was always there, but you never saw it before. Mm -hmm. So we teach people that we want them to find things in our programs that will be useful to them. And we want to teach them how to do this with their clients, find out what their clients really are wanting, and then they can deliver it to them more easily. So one of the things we'll ask them is, just write down three things. Now that you know I'm an interrogator, I have a lot of expertise at persuasion and influence. I've actually applied it in multiple businesses, including one I built from scratch to millions of dollars of revenue with 9,000 clients. You know, So this isn't just some puffy theory. This has actually been put to the task. And what we do is we say, 
now that you know that about me and you've got me here for three days, I'm going to teach you these things. If you could have anything as a result of that, what would it be? And people write down the craziest sorts of things. And, you know, so, for example, they'll say, I'd like more money. And I say, I don't believe you. I don't think that's what you really want. And they say, oh, sure, I assure you that it's more money. But, I, but the, the, the technique is that I say, if you had more money, what would that get you? How would your life be different or better? And then they go on to describe that. I say, okay, so you would uh, you know, you'd drive a better car. That could be their answer. And if you were driving a better car, uh, what would that get you? And how would your life be different or better? And you keep going, and you find out that there's – there are very different things that they really want. The money, when they say that, is an ill-defined goal that is just the tip of the iceberg. It's just a tool to get to what it is that they really want and what they're worried about. So there are techniques that you could learn to use on yourself and on your clients very discreetly to help them get past that. I totally get it. So it's almost like you go from, you know, I want more money to I I want my kids to respect me. You know, I mean, it's like really that level that we don't talk about that gets that's underneath the kind of what does this status symbol mean to me. So very, very interesting stuff, Dave. I just love this. And I'm so glad. I hope we can have you back another time because I just so enjoyed this. I have always enjoyed being with you and talking with you, and I can't believe it's been five years since we first met, but you can call me anytime. I'll come back on. Right on. Hold that thought, because this is so interesting. Right, everybody? Don't you just love this? I want to give you that website one more time, Three Days to Success. And remember, it's the number three, days with an S, to success.com. This is the real deal. This is the business black ops where you go in and you really study with the best of the best the real spies and interrogators and, you know, Navy SEALs, people who really understand human nature and psychology. And I'm so fascinated by this. This is how I got into Train Your Brain because really understanding how people tick but also how you tick. And this is what we're learning today from Dave. And this is the kind of thing that you get when you go to an event like Three Days to Success. So I really hope you head over there. Dave cracks me up because I'm telling you, this guy is a renaissance man. He's done everything. Look at this. It just today, hypnotic pain relief, right? He's, he's the author of actually a book for kids. It's all about communicating with kids using the same stuff. Steve Forbes gave him a rave review in it, language of parenting. He's out there still working with uh, estate planning. He's a lawyer. He's a speaker. He's an expert, a former interrogator. I mean, gosh, don't you just feel like your head could explode from all this good stuff? And yet he managed to put it into words that we can use right now. This is easy stuff when you just pay attention and listen. What he's really talking about is getting to know yourself and getting to know the people around you, being willing to dig deeper into the lives and the fears of what people are experiencing because if we really want to impact lives, if we really want to have influence, then this is where it comes from. It comes from being a good listener, from caring, from wanting to help people, and from knowing that what you have can do it. And guess what? You can do that today. You can do that right now. You can start. Just wake up, be honest with yourself, ask better questions, and listen to the answers. And guess what? It's not only going to help you personally, you're going to grow your business, you're going to feel better, and you're going to make better connections. And we will see you next time on The Mind Aware Show. You know, that warm, homey feel, something that makes people feel good. To remind you to set your intention. And then we have money. Thank you. 
See, yeah. it just goes to show you, you never know. Well, there I learned something new. Oh my God, I love it here. That will put you on the map. This is Dana Wilde, your host, asking you to keep your mind aware, and we'll see you next time.